Hello, you're listening to Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church. Stephen Pollock is the pastor of Free Presbyterian Church of Malvern, Pennsylvania. The church is located at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. Thank you for joining us today as Dr. Pollock opens the Word of God and lets the Bible speak. In today's program, we have a guest uh, preacher, Reverend Colin Mercer from the Oma Free Presbyterian Church in Northern Ireland. He was visiting in the area and agreed to come and uh, bring a word to our church uh, prayer meeting. He brought a message on a text in Hebrews chapter 13. And the verse number eight, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. He highlights the unchanging Christ in a changing world. And I believe it will be a blessing to your hearts today. We live in a very changing and transient and uncertain world. Nothing stays the same for very long. And that's true in so many aspects of the world within us and the world around us. There are changes in the natural world. There's hardly a news broadcast that doesn't carry some detail of a natural disaster. Floods or earthquakes or storms or things that bring dramatic changes to the world around us. The changing of the seasons from spring into summer and summer into autumn and autumn into winter is a stark reminder that we live in a changing world. Nothing, nothing stays the same for very long. As Isaiah 64 reminds us, we all do fade as a leaf. And then there are changes, of course, in the political world also. You think of the political chaos around the globe at this particular time. You have world leaders that are coming and going, wars and rumors of wars and difficulties, massive shifts in power around the world on the political scene and who knows what the next months will bring by way of change also. The social world is also changing. Society is changing. Its attitudes, its demands, its liberties, its preferences are all changing and sometimes at an alarming rate. I read an article recently by an English pastor who writes for the Bible League Quarterly. And he made a comment in regard to the changes in the United Kingdom from the 1960s. He talked about the music that changed, the television programs that changed, the laws that changed. And none of those things for the better for our society. We're reaping what was sown back then with the changes that are taking place right now. Educational changes, at least in our own nation. Financial changes, medical changes. The world around us is changing. It's also true ecclesiastically. In the 1800s, Bishop J.C. Ryle said of churches, and this is back some time ago, he said there is only too much evidence that they too may fail and decay and fall to pieces. Where are the churches whose faith and patience and love and zeal shine forth as brightly in the Acts and the Epistles of the New Testament where is the church of Antioch, and the church of Ephesus, and the church of Philippi, and the church of Corinth? Those holy communions which once brought such glory and praise to God, whose obedience was spoken of throughout the world, whose children were ready to shed their blood for the gospel's sake, they are gone. They are gone. 
They are fallen. They kept not their first estate. And that's true in our generation. There are churches that just a generation or so ago were strong and vibrant and useful in God's service, but they have fallen into apostasy. They have fallen into heresy, and they are very far from the faith of the gospel. Changes ecclesiastically. And then, of course, there are personal changes. We're all getting older. We feel that as we age. We don't have the same energy, perhaps, as once we had. Things can seem normal one day and suddenly become abnormal the next day. And as we grow older, those changes in life that come, perhaps come within our family circle as parents become older and their circumstances change, that can be very, very challenging, very discouraging at times also. Things are changing. The Hebrew Christians that Paul writes to here knew all that by experience. They had been converted from Judaism onto Christ and they were suffering for that, facing all kinds of challenges, all kinds of changes. And Paul wrote this message to them to encourage them. And he does here in verse 8 what he always does in his writings. He points believers to Christ. He reminds them of Christ. And that's why verse 8 is so precious. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. The hymn writer penned it this way, Oh, how sweet the glorious message. Simple faith may claim, yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. It's a tremendous statement, very simple statement, but one that ought to bring tremendous encouragement to our hearts tonight, especially in times of so much change that we are facing. So I want to look at this text. My subject is simply the unchanging Christ, and I want to view the text in three ways. I want us to see it, first of all, as a statement of fact. A statement of fact. These words are dealing with the great doctrine of the immutability of the Lord Jesus Christ. While we are subject to change and suffer from the ravages of time, the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as our mediator, as our Messiah, as the Lord of glory, does not. He is immutable. He is unchanging and unchangeable. Jesus has been the same in his office and person and nature. Let me explain some things here. Christ cannot change because he is God. He cannot change because he is God. The Lord Jesus Christ is God in human flesh. And therefore, as regards his deity, as regards his person, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8 reminds us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant that was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He was equal with God. Of course, he grew as a man, according to the flesh, 
but he is the eternal Son of God. He was found in fashion as a man. He became man, but he did not cease to be God. He did not lose his deity when he took a true humanity. His humanity never existed except in union with the fact he is the eternal Son of God. He is truly man, but he is truly God at the one time. And we're told in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, I am the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Christ cannot change because he is God. He cannot change. If he were not God, he could change and he would change like the rest of us. But he is God. And therefore Hebrews 13 verse 8 is a true statement. He cannot change because he is God. Furthermore, Christ has no need to change. He has no need to change. Things change because they either deteriorate or they are improved. And Christ does neither. He is altogether perfect. He cannot be improved in any way. And so any change would mark a decline from divine perfection which is impossible. The Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 16, you're familiar with that passage where the spouse refused to go and answer the door and let her beloved in, and then he withdraws himself, and she realizes what's happening, and she rises up, and she searches for him, and she can't find him. And she comes across the daughters in Jerusalem, and she says to them, Have you seen my beloved? And they say, Well, what, what's he like? What is he above another? And she begins to describe him. And then she comes to the end of that and says, Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved and this is my friend. He's the chiefest among 10,000. Christ doesn't need to change. He doesn't need to change to become wiser. He doesn't need to change to become holier. He doesn't need to change to become more lovely or more merciful or more just or more powerful or more tender or more faithful. He doesn't need to change to become more glorious. He is all of those things in their absolute and unchangeable perfection. The passing of time doesn't change him. He doesn't need to change to improve. He cannot change to deteriorate. He is Jesus Christ to see him yesterday and today and forever. Something else to note, he cannot be made to change. He cannot be made to change. No one can make him change. All power belongs to him in heaven and in earth. Who could change Christ? Or who would change Christ? God the Father? Well, he is perfectly pleased with him already, testifying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The devil, he has no power over Christ. Christ has defeated him. Man, well, he has no power except that which is given to him from above. And could the creature have more power than the creator? No one can make Christ change. 
He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. However, we come and look at Hebrews 13 and verse 8, and this truth of the immutability of Christ, it's a statement of fact. It's a glorious doctrine of God's Word that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't matter what changes take place in this world. It doesn't matter what rulers come and go, what presidents rise or fall, what prime ministers are in office or forced out of office. It doesn't matter what happens in our own homes, our own lives, our own congregations. This is still true of Christ. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. It's a statement of fact. It's a statement of absolute fact, the unchangeableness of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's one way to look at the text. Secondly, we should look at it as a stimulus to faith. The immutability of Christ is a wonderful truth for the believer. It's one thing to look at that subject doctrinally, and it should lead us to think when we do that, look at it doctrinally, that should lead us to think of it devotionally. Our faith, if we're honest, is often weak. We often feel battered by the trials of life. And the struggles of life that every one of us face can leave us filled with doubts. We can feel like the disciples in the storm when they felt they were going to perish. And they felt that Christ didn't care. Sometimes we can feel like that too. But considering Christ, as the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, increases our faith. This is, this is what encourages our faith. If, if Christ was capable of change, think, think through this in your mind. If Christ was capable of change, if we weren't so sure about him, if things could be different from day to day, and we, we, we had a Christ that was one thing one day, but a different kind of Christ, a different day, where would we be? Where would our faith be? How could we have confidence in a Savior like that? If we weren't sure of him, how could we trust him? What kind of hope would we have? It would be like shifting sand. We would have no confidence, no solid foundation. But Christ is not changing. Christ is the unchanging Savior. Therefore, we can trust him. Though all around us is changing, Christ changes not. And as our mediator, he fulfills three great offices for us, our prophet, priest, and king. And Christ is unchanging in all of them. He is unchanging in his promises to us as our prophet. As our prophet, Christ has a word in season for those who are weary. Isaiah chapter 50. His promises are sure. We can rest upon them. They are unalterable words that he has given to his church. 
we make promises that we are liable to forget or sometimes unable to keep. Christ is not like that. Christ keeps his word. His word is forever settled in heaven. Believer, it's a living word. And the word that Christ has for us as our prophet, as he opens up our understanding to that word, and he opens up that word to our understanding, it's a living word, and it's applicable to us today as it was yesterday, and it will be applicable to us tomorrow as it is for us today. And it's applicable to every child of God, every believer. His Word directs us. His Word encourages us. His Word corrects us. His Word sanctifies us. His Word emboldens us. His Word is like Him. It's faithful and true and unchanging. And therefore, it encourages our faith. It increases our faith when we think of our unchanging Christ and his unchanging promises, his unchanging ministry in our hearts as our prophet. He's also unchanging in his prayers for us. In our prayers, in his prayers for us, Christ is our high priest. As our high priest, he does two things. We think of his passion his sacrifice for our sins on the cross, the shedding of his blood. Here's the vast difference between the Old Testament priests and Christ. When the Old Testament priest brought the animal into the altar to be slain, he took the knife and he killed that animal and shed its blood. And those sacrifices typified Christ as the great sacrifice, but there's this difference. Because when Christ came to offer the sacrifice, he was the priest as well as the sacrifice, and he offered himself. He offered himself without spot unto God, and he shed his blood. And there's no need to repeat that. There was no chair in the tabernacle because the priest's work was never finished. But Christ, when Christ finished the work, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high because the work is finished. Christ has offered himself without spot as our substitute, as the sacrifice for our sins. The second part of his high priestly work is his prayers. He prays for those for whom he has died. John chapter 17, verse 9, verse 15, verse 24 Christ testifies, he prays for his people. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, he says. And he prays on the ground of his shed blood. He has entered into heaven with his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And he appears in heaven on our behalf, for us as our representative. And he prays for us. He ever liveth to make intercession for his people. He ever liveth unchangeably so, praying for us, his people. He prays for us. Satan attacks us. Luke 22, verse 30 and 31, Christ said to his disciples, Satan hath desired to have you to sift you as wheat. He does the same for us. You ever feel that? Ever conscious of that, experience that, the devil seeking to destroy you? 
pull you down into the depth of despair. And he would succeed, were it not the fact we're in union with Christ and Christ is praying for us. And then they say to Peter, but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith would fail not. Christ is praying for us tonight. You know, when you visit in the hospital and some child of God is so ill that they feel they cannot even pray. How do you encourage a believer in circumstances like that? You remind them that Christ is praying for them. But Christ is praying for us. Unchangeably so. There's never a day he's not praying for you. There's never a moment, believer, Christ forgets about us. Aren't we asked that question in Isaiah about a, a, a mother forgetting her sucking child and she may forget? It seems incredible, doesn't it, that a mother would forget her child that, that, that needs to be fed, but it happens. He, he will not forget us. We are graven upon the palms of his hands. He prays for us. He is unchanging in his promises. He is unchanging in his prayers. He's unchanging in his plans for us as our king. What does he do as our king? Well, the shorter catechism reminds us he executes the office of a king in subduing us to himself, in ruling and defending us, and in restraining and conquering all his and our enemies. As our king, he rules us according to his own divine purpose, according to his eternal plan. What is his plan? He says, I know, I know the thoughts or the plans or the purposes I have toward you. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. He's our king tonight. He's not waiting to be king. He is king. King of my life, I crown thee now. And as our king, he is defending us. He is guiding us. He is ruling us. He is protecting us. He is subduing us to himself. Subduing the iniquities that rise up. He's our defender and our shield. He's our king. Unchangeably so. These truths ought to encourage our faith. He is the shepherd. He never changes. He's the bridegroom who never changes. He's the friend who never changes. He's the Lord of all who never changes. He's our master, our redeemer, our advocate, our mediator who never changes. He is everything we need. He is our all in all, and he never changes. We change. Isn't it humbling to think that even when our love for him changes, his love for us never changes? Isn't it humbling to think that when, on those occasions when we forget him, he never forgets us? when we don't spend time in communion with him and our hearts grow cold. His heart is never cold towards us. That's no excuse for us to stay with cold hearts. That's what drives us and draws us to him, that our heart might burn within us again. 
He's the unchanging Christ. The unchanging Christ. And so you have a statement of fact, and you have a stimulus to faith, and then you also here have a solution for fear. A solution for fear. If Christ is unchanging, and he is, then we can face today and tomorrow looking unto him, the author and the finisher of our faith. The verse looks back because it tells us Jesus Christ the same yesterday. He didn't fail us yesterday. He will not fail us for the remainder of today. And though tomorrow is unknown to us, and we may be fearful about the future. If we look unto Christ, the unchangeable Savior, it's a solution for that fear. You think of Psalm 23 and verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. All the days of my life. We would be encouraged if that verse said, goodness and mercy shall follow us all our lives. Or every year of our lives. But it's much more personal than that. It's much more precise than that, isn't it? It's all the days. All the days. And here we have statements that relate to days. Yesterday. And today. And for every other day. Forever. Forever, Christ is unchanging. There'll never be a time when he will change towards us. And therefore, we can face the unknowns of tomorrow, confident in Christ. And so while tomorrow is full of uncertainties, this week, the rest of it, the rest of the year is full of uncertainties that can fill us with fear. Seeing Christ is the solution to that fear. Fear not, fear not, for I am with thee. I will uphold thee with my right hand. That's the Christ whom we serve tonight, the one whom we love, the one whom we're coming to seek in prayer. This is a word for those who truly know Christ. The on changing, unchangeable Savior. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Let the Bible Speak from Malvern Free Presbyterian Church. If you'd like more information about the gospel or the church, please call 610-993-3170 or email malvernfpc at yahoo.com. We extend an invitation to all to join us as we worship the Lord each week. You will be made very welcome. The church is situated at 80 Mallon Road, Malvern, Pennsylvania, at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. We meet for worship on the Lord's Day at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. A Bible study and prayer meeting is also held on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We preach Christ crucified.